previously on Pockets, Petey, Pockets, and Coglin made it past the castle guards, but when they went to open the gate, Coglin got stuck in the cocky lock. She insisted they go on without her. So Pockets and Petey headed to the castle and met the king. The king told them the quest that Pockets had come for was actually just a castle cleaning job. Pockets was not happy. He rebuked the king, and as a result, he and Petey were thrown into the dungeon. There, they heard familiar voices coming from a nearby cage. It was Petey's wife and kids. And now for episode nine, Dungeon Delight. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents The Adventures of Pockets. stared through the dark dungeon at the hanging cage holding Petey's wife and kids. They'd actually found them, and here of all places. When it became clear to everyone that Petey had found his long-lost family, some of the other prisoners were shocked into silence, while others started clapping and cheering. Of course, there were a few who just rolled over and continued to nap. Petey marched to the far end of the cage and got in running position. What are you doing? Pockets asked him. I'm getting to my wife. Petey ran across the cage and rammed into the other end, making the cage swing a little. Come on, help me, won't ya? Petey's kids cheered their father on as he ran back and forth, back and forth, making the cage swing a little more each time. Yay, come on, Papa. You can do it. Come on, Dad. Pockets joined him. Together, they synchronized their running to make the most of their momentum. Ta-ta-ta-ta-boom! Ta-ta-ta-ta-boom! The cage was swinging further and further, sometimes knocking into the other prisoners' cages. Hey! A few of them growled. You can do it! shouted others. Petey's wife reached for them through a cage. Almost there, Petey said. He was huffing and puffing, running and ramming with everything he had. Their cage was within inches of his family. Finally, with one more push, the two cages collided and Petey and his wife grabbed onto each other through the bars. Oh, Penelope, I missed you, love. Petey. Petey and his wife stuck a Bill's kiss through the cage bars. 
Their adorable little platypus children waddled over to join the embrace. As they all held on to each other, Pockets quickly pulled out the yo-yo from one of his pockets and used it to tie the cages together. Hi! yelled one of the porcupine guards who was watching from the far wall. You can't do that! He leaned over to the other porcupine guard. Can they do that? Um, I don't think so. Pockets ignored them and fished through his pockets. We've got to find a way out of this cage. Hi, called the porcupine guard. I heard that. Don't even think about trying to escape. It's never been done. Yeah, said the other guard, flaring his quills in an attempt to look intimidating. Instead, he just looked like a cross-eyed pufferfish. Just look at old Gunther. He's been in here for most of his life. (laughs) The guards pointed at the old rabbit in the highest cage. He looked sad and tired. His long brown ears sagged. Pockets pulled a paper clip from a pocket and started poking it into his cage's lock. I said none of that, called the guard. Pockets ignored him and kept wiggling the sharp end of the paper clip in the lock. All of the surrounding prisoners watched with interest. After a few more wiggles, click, the lock broke free and the cage door swung open. Petey's wife and kids shouted for joy. All the other prisoners cheered. What the? The porcupine guards looked at each other. Pockets climbed out and picked the lock on the cage of Petey's family. After several wiggles, their door broke free as well. Petey immediately jumped into their cage and hugged his family. The prisoners cheered even louder. Even Gunther, the old rabbit, perked up and looked down to watch. Maybe we should do something, said one of the guards. Don't be ridiculous, said the other. They're still hanging over the pit. Pockets untied his yo-yo from the two cages, making them separate. Then, whirling it over his head, he flung it at the chain of the next closest cage. It wrapped around it and tightened. Holding on to the yo-yo, Pockets swung out over the darkness and grabbed onto the next cage. The prisoners' cheers echoed loudly in the dungeon. Pockets pulled himself up onto the cage of the imprisoned skunks picked their lock with his paperclip and opened the door. The porcupine guard's jaws dropped. Pockets swung to the next cage, and the next, and the next, each time picking the cage's lock and setting the prisoner free. The last cage belonged to old Gunther. He dangled high above the others. Gunther stared down hopefully. Pockets tried to reach the cage with his yo-yo, but it was too far away. Hmm. He felt his pockets and looked around, trying to figure out a way to get up there. A thought suddenly came to him. He remembered the time he and Otis took the kite out on a windy day. Otis laughed heartily as the kite nearly pulled pockets around the entire island. When they reached the far end of the beach, the kite got tangled high up in a tree. Pockets remembered getting very angry with his poor luck. Otis brought him a coil of rope attached to a small fishing boat anchor. Step back, lad, he said as he tossed the anchor end of the rope up over the highest branch and got it good and stuck. 
He gave it a few tugs to make sure it was sturdy, and then handed it to Pockets. Up you go! Pockets climbed up the rope, grabbed his kite, and climbed back down. He gave Otis a big hug when he reached the ground. Oh, I love ye, boy, Otis told him. The memory faded, and Pockets was now looking at the chain at the top of the cage on which he stood. It stretched up to the ceiling like the rest of the cage chains. Putting the yo-yo back into his pocket, he started climbing the chain. No, one of the guards said, watching in disbelief. He's not right in the head, said the other. Pockets reached a point on the chain where he was now level with Gunther's cage. He pulled out his yo-yo and gave it a good hard swing. Woom, 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 clunk! It wrapped around Gunther's cage chain. The dungeon went quiet. Then Pockets leaped and swung out over the pit until he could grab onto Gunther's cage. As soon as he grabbed on, the prisoners went berserk. They cheered, laughed, and clapped. Gunther was too stunned to join in the celebration. He simply stared in awe's pockets, picked his lock free, and opened the cage door. Come on, Pockets told him, holding out his hand. The old rabbit hesitantly took it and stepped up to the edge of his cage. Pockets swung the yo-yo out, wrapping it around one of the torches on the wall, and holding on to Gunther, swung over to the dungeon walkway. He did this for every freed prisoner, using his yo-yo to swing them away from their cage and dropping them off on the wide ledge. The porcupine guards didn't know what to do. We probably should have checked his pockets, one of the guards whispered to the other. Now what? the other one said. We've never had to really do anything before. The other guard shrugged. Nervously eyeing the freed prisoners, they dropped their spears and turned to run. But before they could get away, the prisoners chased them down and grabbed hold of them. Oh no you don't, Gunther growled. Pockets pulled out his tape and bound the porcupine's hands and feet. Can't let you run and tell the king that we've escaped, now can we? He said as he wound another layer of tape around their feet. Don't worry, the other guards will find you soon, and by then we'll be gone. Far away from this miserable place. Who are you? asked one of the guards. His name, Petey pushed to the front of the group, is Pockets, and he's my best friend. One of his babies jumped out next to him and flexed its puny arms. Yeah, it squeaked. Pockets smiled at Petey. Let's get out of here before someone checks to see what all the noise is about. Petey glanced over his shoulders before leaning over to Pockets. Don't you think we should find out what these people were in here for first? We might have just freed a lot of bad apples. Pockets raised his eyebrows. He hadn't thought of that. Good idea, he whispered. They turned to face the freed prisoners. You there, he pointed to the fox. Why were you sent to the dungeon? I spilled the king's drink, the fox admitted sheepishly. And you? Pockets pointed to a skunk. I couldn't tell the king the time when he asked for it, the skunk replied. Pockets sighed and shook his head. He pointed to Gunther, the rabbit. What about you? 
Gunther raised his old fuzzy head and said in his hoarse voice, I sneezed too loudly during the king's quiet time. Okay, I've heard enough, Pocket said. He met eyes with Petey. Yeesh. He turned back to the group. Stay close and do exactly as we say. We'll do our best to get you out of here. The prisoners nodded and followed Pockets out of the dungeon, stepping over the taped-up porcupines. Petey grabbed hold of Penelope's hand and led his family out of the dungeon. As they walked, Penelope noticed the bulging blanket slung over Petey's shoulder. What is that? she asked. It's our egg. I've been protecting it ever since we were separated. Penelope looked at the blanket amazed. The egg? You've managed to keep it safe all this time? I thought it was lost. Petey straightened up and smiled proudly. This egg has had the royal treatment. I've been singing it your song every day. Oh, Petey. Penelope gave his bill another kiss. You're so brave. Yeah, I guess I kind of am, Petey said, as if realizing it for the first time. They followed Pockets as he sneaked through the long, dark hallways beneath the castle and up the stone staircases. Occasionally, they had to duck into a shadowy corner as more porcupine guards passed by. Where have you been? Penelope asked once the coast was clear. I was on an island with Pockets when the great storm hit. We both hid in a giant turtle shell, which belongs to Tuga, by the way, and it washed us up on Yondwa. I've been looking for you ever since. Honest. Penelope looked at him confused. How did you get to another island? Petey's eyes bounced around. What do you mean? It's Splitwalk. The island with the lighthouse. The one where Pockets lives. Penelope shook her head. I've never heard of Split Rock, and this is the first time I've met Pockets. I'm sure of it. She eyed the boy's strange pajamas. Petey, the last I saw you was during our fishing voyage. We were in our boat with the eggs when a storm hit and smashed the boat to pieces. I thought you and that egg were gone. But you must have washed up on this island you speak of. And by Yandra's good fortune, another storm brought you back to me. Pockets blinked at her. Are you saying we're not from Splitwalk? Penelope shook her head. We're from Yondra, Petey. We left from the East Shore to go fishing when we were separated. She stroked his face. Oh dear, you must have hit your head even harder than I thought. Oh, but you're here. You survived, and you saved the last egg. Petey was still in a daze. We're from Yondra? If I washed away to Splitwalk, then washed way back, where were you? I floated on a piece of the boat back onto the shores of Yondra. The eggs hatched soon after, and since we hadn't caught any fish, we weren't able to pay our debt. Our debt? You don't even remember our debt? Penelope sighed. Petey, we owed the Burrow Badgers coin for their help making a Burrow home for our family. That's why we set out on our fishing trip, to catch fish and earn the money we needed to pay back the Badgers. Petey scratched his bill. The Badgers? We weren't able to pay, of course, so me and the kids worked for them. 
They sold us to the eagle traders, who bartered us to the newts, who sold us to the king. The king? And then what happened? Well, the servants who purchased us for the king forgot that the king didn't like platypuses. So when the king saw us, he had us thrown in the dungeon. Petey turned red and made fists. That king is the nastiest creature in all of Yondwa. He will pay. Oh, but we're free and together. Let the king be. We don't need any more trouble than we've already had. Of course, Pockets mumbled. He'd been listening to the whole story and now realized why Petey always seemed a little, shall we say, out of it. He'd hit his head in a shipwreck. Pockets put his hand on Petey's shoulder. Coglin kept saying that Yondra's magic had brought me here to save the kingdom, but maybe it wasn't me it was after. It was you. You'd been washed away and the magic brought you back. Hmm, but it brought you back too, Petey reminded him. I wouldn't have made it this far without you. <laughs> I wouldn't have made it this far without you. Maybe, Pocket smiled. It needed both of us to restore balance to Yondra. Petey smiled. I think I like the sound of that. I like the sound of us getting out of here alive without alerting the guards, one of the skunks said sarcastically. Pocket stopped and raised his eyebrows at him. And who is it that got you out of that cage? The skunk shriveled. Uh, uh, sorry, just a little antsy. I'd say... Pockets shook his head and picked up the pace. He led them up more stone stairs, stopping occasionally to listen for any guards heading their way. Petey and Penelope's little platypus babies kept waddling all around Pockets' legs. They reached up for him to hold them, but he kept shooing them away. No, not now, he whispered. One platypus baby grabbed onto his leg and held on tight as Pockets tried to walk. Will you cut these buggers off me? Petey scooped up his babies. Come now, little peas. Give Uncle Pockets some room to think, huh? Uncle Pockets? Pockets glanced back at the rambunctious little fuzzballs. He wasn't sure he was ready to be called an uncle. Shh! Gunther shushed the group and held up a hand. Everyone stopped and looked back at him, as his long rabbit ear turned and twitched. What is it? Pockets whispered. Gunther's ear turned towards the faint sound. I'm getting something, he said through his two buck teeth. A guard? No, two guards. Porcupines, coming down that hall. Pockets looked at the torch-lit hallway up ahead. It was the last one they'd have to pass through before reaching the great hall was the only way out. He looked around for something to hide behind, but there was nothing but stone walls around them, and the stairs they'd just come up. He could hear guards at the bottom of the stairs now, so they obviously couldn't go back that way. What do we do? said the fox, who was trembling and nervously stroking its big orange tail. They could hear the porcupine guards approaching from the hallway up ahead. Don't worry, Petey whispered. Pockets will figure it out. He winked at Pockets confidently. Pockets gulped. He didn't like the pressure of always having to come up with the solution. Why couldn't someone else have an idea for a change? The rest of the freed prisoners looked at him hopefully. 
So he did the only thing he knew to do, fish through his pockets. He touched the watch, the crayon, the floss, the mirror. No, 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 no. His hand stopped on the chewing gum. The guards' voices were getting louder. And then the king says to me, I can use your quills to play darts anytime I want. Pockets quickly pulled out a piece of gum, chewed it, and blew a bubble. The prisoners looked between him and Petey questioningly. Don't worry, Petey told them. It helps him think. They watched patiently as Pockets took the bubble from his mouth and pinched it closed. Then he threw another piece of gum in his mouth and did the same. Soon he was holding two bubblegum bubbles and marching towards the hall. What's he doing? said Penelope, horrified. Just watch, Loaf, Petey said. He and Penelope struggled to keep their babies quiet as Pockets crept up to the hallway. Peeking around the corner, he could see the porcupines approaching, both distracted by their conversation. He tossed the two bubblegum bubbles into their path and slunk back against the wall. Then the king says, I need chopsticks. Hand over a couple quills. No. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. So I said, do you have any idea how much it hurts to... Hold it. What's that? Pockets and the prisoners were listening intently to the exchange. That, there, the guard said. There are two bubbles. Strange. Never seen bubbles in the castle before. Maybe the king drew a bubble bath. With pink bubbles? I don't think so. Pick one up. You pick one up. Fine, we'll both pick one up. They're just bubbles, Jeff. Come on. The porcupine guards each picked up a bubblegum bubble and held it up for a better look. They're a little sticky, one of them said. The other one sniffed his bubble. Mmm, <laughs> but they smell nice. They both pressed the bubbles up against their pokey faces and sniffed. Mmm, <laughs> that is pleasant. Pop, pop! Both bubbles exploded and pink goo caked the guards' faces. What happened? Where am I? Ah, it's in my nose! Pockets quietly celebrated and then waved the others to follow him as he snuck past the blinded porcupines. Ah, it's stuck in my quills! One of the guards shouted. I can't get it off my fingers, said the other. It's like pink boogers! Petey and Penelope silently laughed as they carried their babies and the egg down the hall. When they all reached the far door, Pockets opened it a crack and peeked out into the great hall. The party had died down. Only a few guests were left and the coggers were still performing tricks for the king, who sat lazily on his throne with his back to the door. His wizard sat next to him, bored and trying to amuse themselves by doing simple tricks. One of them made tiny ice sculptures, while the other turned his fingers into talking finger puppets. None of them noticed Pockets and the freed prisoners sneaking through the door behind them. Pockets started crawling under the long banquet tables. Most of the seats were empty, thank heavens, except where a few giant rodents sat napping. They clearly hadn't gotten the hint that the party was over. Pockets and the others carefully crawled around the disgusting rodent feet under the table and continued towards the far door that sat open to let in a breeze. There were no porcupines standing guard in front of it. 
There were no guests sitting near it. It was just a wide-open doorway full of the sweet sunlight of freedom. One of the baby platypuses reached out and tickled a rodent's foot. <laughs> the rat sprang awake from his nap. He looked at the lady rat next to him, who was now startled awake and giving him an annoyed look. Oh, sorry. I just thought... Never mind. Oh. The rat slunk into his chair and went right back to snoozing. Petey and Penelope let out a quiet sigh of relief and corralled their little waddling babies. As they crawled past the last of the rodents, Penelope tapped Petey on the shoulder. Petey looked at her. What, my loaf? The egg, Penelope whispered. You're dragging it across the ground. You have to be more careful or it'll crack. Sorry, Petey breathed. He scooped it off the ground, but one of the platypus babies reached into the blanket and pulled it out. Oi! The fuzzy-headed baby started shaking the egg like a maraca. Penelope snatched it out of the infant's hands and looked at it curiously. She scrunched a platypus face. Her webbed hand felt over the shell. She gave it a sniff and grimaced. <laughs> Her eyes trailed up to Petey. What is this? Petey's eyes bounced from side to side. Our egg? Petey, this is not our egg. What do you mean it's not our egg? We've had it the whole time. Pockets had now stopped crawling and was looking back at them. Petey, I'm telling you, Penelope went on. This is not our egg. I would know I just hatched five of them. And look, it's cracked. No, Petey gasped. He took the egg and stared at it in disbelief. They must have cracked on the ground. Oh, poor baby. He touched the long crack running down the egg. Can we discuss this once we're outside? Pockets whispered impatiently. Petey shook off his daze. Oh, yes, 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 we can. He tucked the egg under his arm and continued crawling. This is our egg, he whispered back to his wife. No, it isn't. It's too. Not even close. The egg stinks. So? So our eggs don't stink and feel it. It's hot. Maybe it has a fever. They bickered all the way to the end of the table. Pockets shushed them and pointed to the open doorway. We'll go one at a time, and we'll use these. He showed the group his invisible robe. Once you get outside the door, toss the robe back under the table. Petey and Penelope nodded. What if they catch us? Gunther whispered back. Then we run, Pockets told him. Once we get outside, scatter so they can't come after all of us at once. The porcupines seem thick enough. I bet it'll confuse them. Petey nodded. Good idea. Petey, you and your family go first, Pockets said. You should stick together. Do you still have your robe? Petey pulled out his robe and showed it. Good. You put that one on and Penelope can use mine. He handed Penelope his invisible robe. The platypuses put them on and held their babies close. They immediately vanished. The other prisoners stared in amazement. The only way Pockets could tell Petey and his family had gone for it 
was from a slight breezy movement of the tablecloth. Seconds later, the robes came sliding back under the table. They made it, Pocket said. Who's next? Gunther, you go. He handed one of the robes to Gunther, who put it on and snuck out the open door. One by one, the prisoners snuck out from under the table, hidden by an invisible robe, and then tossed it back once they were outside. Pockets was the only one left. The robe slid to a stop by his knees. He grabbed it and put it on. Taking a deep breath, he stepped out from under the table. Boom! The main doors flew open and all the king's guests sprang to attention. The king spit out his drink. Who dares disturb my quiet time? Dust swirled in the massive doorway. Pockets scurried back under the table and watched. An enormous shadow approached. The sounds of raspy breaths and heavy steps echoed into the great hall. Filling nearly every inch of the doorway was a massive turtle, Tuga. As he stepped into the hall, there was a chorus of gasps from the guests. The king and his wizards gaped in horror. Pockets shook his head. No, he whispered. He saw that Tuga was no longer wearing a fishing boat for a shell. He was wearing his actual shell, Pockets' shell. The enormous turtle chuckled at the panic he had caused. <laughs> Hello, your majesty, he bellowed. Hey, Rocketeers, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Pockets. This world of Yandra is crazy. I've been having a lot of fun writing this story. I hope you guys are enjoying it. We still have a number of episodes left till we get to the very end, so stick with it. I hope you're having as much fun as I am. I want to give a shout-out to some patrons, Lucas and Grayson from Washington State. Lucas and Grayson, thank you so much for your support. I'm glad you're enjoying the show, and I'm glad your parents are enjoying it too. Rocketeers, if you want a way to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash purplerocketpodcast and support us there. And you can also support the show by supporting our sponsors. Whenever you hear an ad play at the beginning of an episode, if you can let it play through and check out the sponsor's website whenever I give a link, that really helps the podcast as well. So keep that in mind, parents. Racketeers, I appreciate all the amazing emails and feedback I'm getting. It's so awesome to hear from you all, people listening from Alberta, from Maine, from Taiwan, from all over the world. It's incredible, and it makes me feel like I'm part of some big Rocketeer family. It's amazing. I want to thank my mom, Roxanne Webb, for helping me edit this episode, and Jeremy from HarmoniousIdeas.com for helping edit the audio. And as always, I want to thank you listeners for your continued support. I love it. Thank you so much, Rocketeers. Till next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.